Welcome, welcome to, to the mixtape. I'm Valerie. And I'm Natalie. And welcome to the finale of season three. <laughs> I just want to take a moment to thank everyone for listening, for joining us this season. We hope you've enjoyed our incredible guests. And Valerie and I have had a great time hosting. So we really appreciate you listening and tuning in every week. No, and if you've been with us since the beginning, a special thank you to you. If you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. We hope that you stick around because it's just been so much fun recording these. I've been here with my pal, getting to <laughs> be here for all the intros and outros, and we've just had amazing guests, especially this season. So we look forward to more to come. That's right. And today we have an all-star host, Casey McAllister. She's back on the mic again, and she is joined by Amanda Lopez. Amanda is the executive director of talent management and the HR business partner at Entrada, um, a company that we've been featuring a couple times this season because they're just um, a great client of ours and we've really enjoyed working with them. But um, also Amanda has been a longtime friend of Mixed Talent. I personally got to work with her a few years ago on a project and it was just such a pleasure to work alongside her. She's got so much knowledge and I learned a ton in my um, short time of being able to work with her and actually got to spend some time with her in Boston, which was really, really wonderful. So we're really excited to have her as a guest today. So with that, we'll turn it over to Casey and Amanda. According to the U.S. Department of Labor, currently unemployment in the U.S. is down to just three and a half percent. Despite high inflation and other economic concerns, the war for talent is still going strong. And it's not just about attracting great talent to your organization, but keeping the great talent you have. In fact, a survey from the Society of Human Resources Management reports 47% of HR leaders ranked employee retention as their number one concern. So what should companies be doing about it? Well, a focus on career development is one proven strategy that drives retention. I recently read a report from Edisys that said 60% of job seekers chose a job because of its offering strong professional development, and 53% say they would stay longer than expected with a company with career development opportunities. However, the reality is that for small and mid-sized companies without significant development resources or learning and development budgets, they often have to lean on their people leaders who are already wearing multiple hats to lead career development efforts on their own teams. My guest today, Amanda Lopez, Executive Director, Talent Management and HRBP at Entrada Therapeutics, has turned her passion for career development into action. And at Entrada, she's here today to share valuable insights and key learnings from her experience. Amanda, welcome to the mixtape. Hey, Casey. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here and talk about this topic. So glad to have you. But before we get into talking about how others can develop their own careers, let's uh, talk a little bit about how you developed yours. So if you wouldn't mind, could you share with the audience a bit about your career journey, how you went from poli-sci in Berkeley to Boston and biotech? <laughs> sure. I'd be happy to. Um, so as Casey was alluding to, I did my master's in public policy at University of Maryland. So I was just outside of Washington, D.C. and thought I would have a career in federal government. Um, actually joined PricewaterhouseCoopers in their consulting department and was my first entree into industry. And I think consulting gave me such a great skill set uh, in terms of problem solving and looking at things from a big picture. From there, I was recruited to the corporate executive board, now part of Gartner Research where I did best practice research in sales. 
And then um, for personal reasons, I moved to Boston for love and had to reinvent <laughs> myself. And through my own network, I was able to find um, a role as an executive search consultant um, at a company with Fidelity Investments. And there I learned um, different industries, so financial services, high tech, and life sciences. And I found that I really loved life sciences. I found myself on Wikipedia, learning about mechanisms of action, and just felt that it was a way that I could give back to patients who were dealing with unmet medical needs, and I could help them by finding um, you know, heads of companies, research, sales, CEOs, and whatnot. And I was having a blast. And one of my clients, um, it was Biogen at the time, their head of talent acquisition said to me, hey, have you thought about doing this in-house? And to be honest with you, I really hadn't. Um, I'd been a consultant for most of my career and I took the opportunity to go in-house. And that was a whole other learning for me in terms of how do you um, navigate internally with your stakeholders? How do you create a hiring plan? Mm -hmm. All of these different things and really enjoyed it. It was very high growth at Biogen. Um, and then from there, I, I um, had my first child and had my own company for a while and got uh, exposed to smaller organizations. Mm -hmm. And so here I am now at Entrada as a I started as the head of talent acquisition, and it's still a hat I wear, mm -hmm. um, but more recently moved into a talent management HRBP space. And for me, it's, um, like you said, my career hasn't been linear, <laughs> um, but I feel that all of the skills leading up to this has really helped prepare me to, to be a good strategic um, partner to the business and the individual employees. Absolutely. Well, and congratulations Thank on your you. recent promotion. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. So obviously at the top, I was sharing some stats, right, around kind of the nature of the landscape currently and, and the fact that employee retention is really on everyone's mind, right, at least from an HR leadership standpoint. So in your career, especially coming up on the talent acquisition side of things, you know, has that been the case? Have you seen career development be an important aspect of a retention strategy, of an attraction strategy? You know, yeah, absolutely. I think that you know, we, you know, in the biotech space talk a lot about caring for our employees. Mm -hmm. And I think one way that you can show and take actionable steps is to help them, um, give them tools, roadmap, whatever they need to really drive their own career. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that leads to a lot of engagement, employee engagement. No, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. So, you had shared with me, and it was one of the reasons we wanted to talk today, um, that you and the team here at Entrada have been working to put a career development program in place and doing some training around it. So what was the impetus for that here at Entrada? Yeah, well, at Entrada, we talk about the employee experience in three pillars. So we have um, belonging, contribution, and growth. And um, for belonging, you know, we want people to bring their authentic selves. Or we have different ERG groups around in that pillar. Contribution, we're really clear about um, corporate goals and how the team can and individuals can work towards those corporate goals. Mm -hmm. And then the third bucket is growth, right? And, you know, we are a small organization. We're working hard to progress our science. So people are really busy and managers are really busy. Absolutely. But um, there are also people who are very <laughs> ambitious or care about growing their career in different ways. So we talked about it as an HR team. 
and really wanted to create a set of tools that could be driven by the employee and, and used at the right time um, in the year so that they can have these um, meaningful conversations with their managers. No, that makes sense. So you referenced there the importance of the individual, right? Having that accountability. Why is that versus having it on you know, the leadership or their individual manager? I think that when you place that opportunity on the individual, there's two things that happens. One, right, it's about the intrinsic rewards and that person, um, you can empower that person to drive his or her career um, at whatever speed, right, um, as long as the business needs more of that. And then at the same time, you know, managers um, are also busy and I think as a manager myself, I've been in situations where I've wanted maybe um, skill development more than the individual, and that's a recipe for disappointment. Right? <laughs> um, so I think it's an opportunity um, to really empower the individuals um, so that they can uh, advocate for themselves. Okay. So there's two sides of that conversation. There's the individual and then their manager, right? So right. staying on the individual for a minute, Amanda, you know, for somebody maybe newer in their career or at least newer to this idea, right, of really thinking about my own career development, what are some of the, the tips or ways that you guys help encourage individuals to be reflective so they can start to uncover perhaps what those career goals may be or what that path may look like? Yeah, thanks for asking, because I do think it's eye-opening for people, particularly first, um, maybe first in their family to be in a corporate job or their first job out of school, right? Um, and so we we point them to a couple of different resources. So internally, we have different career ladders that they could look at for, you know, if they're a research associate or a scientist and become familiar with the different skills. We've also, as a company, um, doubled down on having a feedback culture. So we've implemented a concept called um, My 321, um, which is an opportunity for the employee to call um, a conversation with their manager to talk about how they're progressing towards the corporate goals um, and to give feedback to the manager and also receive feedback from the manager. And so we said, you know, you can leverage some of those conversations that you have um, and think about how you would build out an individual development plan and also seeking input from other people in the organization. The second thing that we're also um, working particularly with um, those earlier in their career is to help set the expectation that, okay, we're gonna develop a tool individual development plan you might not be able to fill it all out by yourself, right? Yeah, so come sense. and be comfortable just brainstorming with your manager or talking to other trusted advisor mm -hmm. and know that it's a living document and it can be iterated upon. So hopefully that helps them think, um, take the pressure off a little bit. Mm -hmm. So one of the research associates um, who was piloting this for me, she said to me, Oh, I really want to learn more in the gene editing space. Mm -hmm. And I don't, you know, I can think about different um, research publications that I can read, but I, I'm a little bit stuck. And I said, that, thank you so much for bringing that. That's a perfect example to take it to your team and, or your boss's boss mm -hmm. and have that conversation and we can populate um, some activities for you. So it really is meant to be um, a working document. Absolutely. The idea of career development is 
a journey, not a destination. Exactly. Right. So you don't have to have it all figured out. That makes a lot of sense. So you referenced the feedback culture, which I love and it's amazing and empowering. Right. But again, for those individuals, perhaps that are not yet in leadership levels, have you found any hesitation around that or those seeking to understand how in the heck do I give feedback to my manager or how do I receive this in an impactful and positive way? Yeah, we've had some a series of meetings to talk about that because, of course, the feedback can sometimes be really uncomfortable, yeah. um, whether you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings mm-hmm. about something or you're, you know, maybe shy about if you're doing it right or wrong. So we try to create an environment that's very neutral, and we've done some different trainings by functional teams okay. so that we could talk about that, like what's uncomfortable about mm-hmm. this? What what are some best practices? What will work? Um, we talk about a lot of brain-friendly ways of receiving feedback. Yes. Um, so one of my personal favorites is the micro yes. Okay. Um, and so before you start any you know kind of feedback conversation, I would say, um, Casey is now a good time for me to give you feedback <laughs> and you, if you say yes, then I would continue the process. If you said, Oh, I really have a headache today. Can we schedule another time? So really, um, setting up the time mm-hmm. and checking in with the person, um, as well as helping them prepare right before okay. they have that conversation. Sure. So I think too, what we're trying to do here is helping them prepare before they go in to have a conversation with their manager. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be doing a series of office hours where they can come and, and you know, talk to us about it in a more casual way. Mm-hmm. And then um, that will be from the individual side. And we may get this to this later. And then on the manager side, giving them a framework for mm-hmm. having that conversation too. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, and I know actually um, on the mixtape here last season, we had a guest, Dr. Brody Reardon, who is a professional coach and consultant and teaches a lot around feedback and has actually written three separate books. She dropped a new one, but um, one that we went through with our team last year, it's called Feedback Fundamentals, um, Evidence-Based Best Practices. And it's another tool, I have to give you a copy of it, um, that just had some really interesting but easily digestible and actionable insights, but this whole idea around making that safe space. Correct. Right. Because just the idea of feedback, it shouldn't have a negative connotation. It's not meant to have a negative connotation. And yet the average person has one and or gets that nervous butterfly idea. Like, hey, can I give you some feedback? You know, (laughs) instantly you think like, oh, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get in trouble. It's like, oh, it may have been. That was a really great way to express yourself in that meeting. Or I'm so glad you contributed in that way. Um, but we all kind of have that negative flinch, right? <laughs> I think we do. And I, and also, um, in the, in the tool that we're using in the, in the first section, we really want to people to open up and talk about what they're good at, mm-hmm. what their strengths are and what lights them up. Um, right. And what they do. And so hopefully that <laughs> focusing on somebody's Helps strength. Can, yes. And why do you think that's to... so important to start out with that positive about what I'm interested in? Yeah. So the research shows um, for people who follow Marcus Buckingham that if 
um, people who can carve out 20% of their job and to do something that they really enjoy and lights them up will lead to um, less burnout psychologically and physically. And this was um, shown in a study of nurses and doctors at the Mayo Clinic. Um, and it showed that more than 20% um, didn't really help, but having that 20% did a, went a long way for resilience. So, yes, I mean, at the small company, you're juggling lots of hats. Yeah. You know, you the expectation that, you know, 100% of your day is, is going to be everything that you love. But if we can carve out that, you'd have that nice balance of 20%, I think is going to go a long way um, to keeping people motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think a lot of HR leaders are concerned about burnout <laughs> these right. days. Right. Um, so we're really aiming for that, too. That makes sense. Well, and again, especially, well, obviously, the pandemic created its whole level of stressors, right? But yeah. to your point, in smaller, rapidly growing, rapidly changing organizations, but also with um, an employee population that are oftentimes scientists and researchers and linear thinkers who don't like a lot of gray, (laughs) right? It's kind of that perfect storm. So to find those places that do bring that fulfillment and create that positive environment, um, which to your point is not only good for avoiding burnout, but also creating a positive culture, right? Where people really feel like it's worth getting up every day and giving a little bit more, right? To take the mission further. Exactly. And we're, you know, I think our three pillars, the belonging, contribution and growth kind of creates that nice framework mm-hmm. um, coupled with our five core values. Right. I think um, Entrada is a place where people feel like they can bring their authentic self. And there's a lot of kindness and respect and um, collaboration that I think also um, fosters you know, just some goodwill mm-hmm. in, in the organization and also, frankly, opportunities to learn. Right. I think sometimes whether you're at a small company or a large company, you can feel pigeonholed and you only know your piece of mm-hmm. direct discovery or direct development. And we do really try and, and hopefully this tool will help people if they're interested in getting a broader sense of it to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I think something unique to us, right, um, part of your culture is bottom up. It's also top down. And our chief scientific officer, he meets with everybody in the company oh, wow. from RA level, you know, up to director plus. Right. And he mm-hmm. keeps a pulse on um, what the what the population is interested in. And often he's told me, Amanda, do more on career and career paths and career journeys. Okay. So um, there's also just um, a demand for that. But the fact that he's on this listening tour, I think also is really supportive of um, the positive culture here. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, and you just referenced, right, the career path. We talked about looking at career ladders. You hear all of this language these days, right? And I think, um, I don't even know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, career lattice kept popping up, right, for people. Um, What is your take on that, right? What's the right way to think about it or frame the visual um, as you think through career growth, career development? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked because I think career ladder is to your early point, so linear. (laughs) It's like, if you go up the ladder, it feels like you could fall off, right? Right. So um, one of the things that we're going to roll out with the managers is to equip them with different paradigms of um, possible career journeys, right? So somebody might want the jungle gym Mm -hmm. and have different paths to the top, right? And different experiences that are maybe trans... um, 
you know, tangential to what their current path is. So we have one VP of product development and be, and he's doing translational work. But before that, you know, he was doing quality at a large organization before that he was doing drug discovery and antibody. Right. So he really valued the horizontal movement that he had in his career to prepare him for that VP job. Right. Other people might want to take a portfolio approach and like, you know, those are people like super analytical, maybe Mm -hmm. even an HR person. Like I want to do benefits and comp, but then I want to do HRBP and then I want to do other specialization tours. Right. Okay. Something like that. Um, And then for my, myself, I, I like a career path (laughs) and, and, you know, somebody, um, a teacher I had in the past, she said to me to think about it as, um, it's not somebody higher up in the ladder than you. They're just further along on your path. And if they can offer you advice Mm -hmm. from their perspective, that's great. Right. And you might not follow their path. You could take a different path. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was a real nice mental model for me. Um, and my boss, um, the head of HR here at Entrada, she's a maverick. And you know, <laughs> I said to her, well, I want a map. And she said, I don't want no stinking map. <laughs> I know? love it. She would crumple it up and throw it away. Okay. Right. And so that's the conversation that we're going to have with managers to say, somebody on your team might want a map. Somebody might want a blank piece of paper. Right. And, you know, how do you have, let's say, a compass to just guide them to a model that feels right for them and meets them where they are. And I think that's, honestly, it's really liberating, Mm -hmm. right? That we don't have to follow one way um, to the top. Oh, absolutely. I love that you say it. So we have at Mix Talent, um, our own internal career development program, which is called, of course, the Mix CD. Of course. And uh, so Mix Career Development. But one of the things they also were using kind of that roadmap um, analogy, not necessarily the only path, but this idea of saying, regardless of the destination, you know, always use our, what we call our Mix OS, our values as your GPS. Um, oh, I like that. And I thought that was a neat way to think about that too, right? So this is kind of always that lens that we're we're looking through as we're trying to figure out what that path forward or sideways or circular, whatever it may be, right? Whatever <laughs> the, right. the right yeah, one shape. Yeah, one of the shapes that we were laughing at internally was the kaleidoscope. I had never heard. Oh, wow. Okay. But when I was reflecting on it, I think that... Um, Right. We we have different hats that we wear in mm-hmm. our personal lives. Um, maybe you're in a rock band. Maybe, you know, we have somebody on our team. She has a catering business on the side. Yeah. Or I've been doing a lot with healing arts on the side. And I think you bring those different lenses mm-hmm. to the job and it creates a cool focus. And, you know, you're pulling on skills that you thought weren't related, but somehow they give you a broader perspective for what you do on the job. So I think, I thought that was a cool one Yes, too. it is. And yeah. I've never heard that one before. Yeah. Huh. So we talked about the individual, right? Showing up with positivity, showing up with accountability, but on the manager's side, as we talked at the beginning was, you know, oftentimes they're wearing a lot of hats in these kinds of organizations. And now we're asking for yet another, right? Opportunity here <laughs> yes. to help, to help manage and lead your team's career development. So what are some of the, the tools? What are some of the tips that you are providing for this management? level, leadership level to try to be effective in those conversations? Yeah, thank you for asking. I think it is a lot for them to juggle, particularly year-end. There's a lot of um, science milestones we're going for, um, and they have their their own pressures. And really what we're trying to do is 
is build a, um, I guess, a foundation so that they can have a conversation, right? So as we were talking about, I think conventional wisdom was a much more linear path mm -hmm. or a career ladder. And so to open their eyes about there's different shapes to this career journey, number one. Number two, um, you know, setting a safe space. So aligning around what this conversation is going to be like. So mm -hmm. what is the person's motivation? Is it just to gain skills? Are they really looking to get promoted? And what does that look like? And how do you, how do you meet the person there? And then, um, you know, for each section in the individual development plan, we want to make them feel comfortable mm -hmm. um, by you know, almost helping walking them through like what a conversation would be like and, you know, how to be reflective with the individual. So I'm, I'm hopeful that um, it will be well received. In some of the earlier feedback too, you know, managers had expressed some concern, uh, particularly around like, what if it's not in the budget and I can't say yes to right. it? Or, you know, what if there's no time? Um, and so there's some things that we suggest to them um, around this. So um, interestingly, in the research, it shows that most, you know, 70% of what's learned on the job is um, really helpful to a person in their career growth. Mm -hmm. So if you think about that, if you can learn something 70% on the job, that's awesome, right? Um, and that doesn't cost anything. And so we talk to them about that. We talk to them about, um, you know, maybe to the earlier point, if they wanted to learn more about drug development, mm -hmm. shadowing a meeting with another group that doesn't cost any money right. either, right? So getting creative and really leveraging our small company as a strength mm -hmm. because we don't have the silos maybe as a larger organization does. So really leveraging that. But then we also give them feedback on um, it doesn't have to happen all now, right? right? You know, you're right. There is a limited time um, uh, in the day. Mm -hmm. So if you think about this um, over the course of a year, would there be peaks and valleys in the work mm -hmm. where you can integrate um, some of this work at a time where it's potentially less stressful or there's more bandwidth, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we're offering that. And then the third thing that we're offering is we have a new learning platform that talks about career journeys, okay. um, both from an individual standpoint as well as a manager. And so they can, um, you know, it's it's an app and it's very um, self-driven. It's And we heard that people um, want things in smaller increments. So they could be short videos, mm -hmm. they could be longer modules, there could be podcasts or books that get recommended. So again, it's much more um, of a menu that people can um, choose from. And that could be in addition to what's done on the job. Um, and then the other thing related to that is we're rolling out a coaching platform um, for our company. And Great. so we're super excited about this because we think it's um, an affordable and scalable way to do coaching. Mm -hmm. um, and we're also going to get some really interesting analytics about, you know, what are the gaps in the organization that maybe we can identify and do more broad um, training on. Mm -hmm. So those are some cool things that we're trying to empower the managers to help Absolutely. their teams. And leveraging technology and some other types of creative tools, right, to make that happen. Yeah. Um, when you don't have a huge 
learning and development department <laughs> to manage everything, right? These exactly. are ways to do that. Oh, that's fantastic. So, you know, why is this, why is career development such a passion of yours? Why is this something that you've spent time and energy on? Yeah, I think for me, um, having been a executive search consultant mm -hmm. and also being in-house for so many years, talking to people and, you know, persuading them to come work <laughs> at the, <laughs> the current employer that I'm at, I always ask the question, like, well, what are your career aspirations and where do you see yourself, mm -hmm. right? And was, you know, as the recruiter, always looking for that alignment of, if what motivated that individual was what I had to offer, that was, you know, a beautiful match, right? Yeah. And that's what we all try to aspire to. Um, and so now I think in this talent management role, it um, makes me feel good. All of those people I brought in, you know, we've grown in Trotta um, by a lot over the last couple of years. And so Definitely. to see those people come in and now be able to help them achieve their um, the skills that they want to learn or help them get to the next step in their career is really fulfilling. Absolutely. Well, and you're doing it yourself, right? Yeah. Moving forward, which is pretty cool. So if there are others listening, right, in our audience, in small, in mid-size biotech companies, Amanda, without that same kind of resources, how would you suggest, you know, they get started? Gosh, this sounds really great what she's talking about. How could I do it myself, right? How could we do it here at X, Y, or Z company? Yeah, I think um, I think what we've tried to do that maybe is exportable to other companies um, is is keep it simple, right? Mm -hmm. um, the individual development plan might be something they already have. Mm -hmm. um, I think what was new in this case was making sure the managers were were trained up. So if they can offer that training to the managers to have these conversations, it would be super helpful. Um, and yeah, and help change the, the conversation with the, you know, from the career ladder to the various paradigms, I think would go a long way. Right. Even just starting with that visual, all the ways you can think about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I personally liked the jungle gym one that <laughs> brought a lot of ideas to my head. Right. And thinking about that. Yeah. It's playful and fun too. It is. Right. And uh, probably on, on point for the personality. So there's always that too. That's kind of amazing. Um, so the other question I just had was, again, we were talking about um, time of year, right? Being really busy. Right. And that's for everybody. But it also, these kinds of conversations tend to be top of mind. You're going through an end of year, maybe review process or some sort of, you know, reflection, maybe bonus evaluations, whatever those may be. Um, but you had referenced when we were talking ahead of time that you know, career development conversations are not performance conversations, right? So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how do you look at those as different and how can people create some space to ensure they truly are different conversations um, versus making them one? Yeah, this was really important um, for us in, in launching this now, knowing that year-end conversations are going to be planned mm -hmm. um, and that we had been talking a lot about corporate goals throughout the year. And so um, in an all-hands meeting, and it will be reiterated as well um, throughout this process with the company, is that corporate goals are really helpful to get the company all rowing in the same direction, but it's goals related to the company. And um, these are important, and they, they do certainly provide opportunities for stretch 
um, goals for people individually mm -hmm. and learning new skills. But this career growth development conversation is really specific to the individual okay. and their personal development and really talking about what they're good at and what they how they want to grow. Mm -hmm. And it will certainly map back to some activities that they can do on the job, which may be related to the goals. But really making the break that this is your opportunity to think about you and where you're going as opposed to um, the overarching company. And one of the things that um, our CSO has, has said to me that I thought was so great in his conversation in, is that people, when they come to him, always ask, how can I grow my skills and help Entrada? And so they're already Both. so they're already mm -hmm. thinking about that, but we did want to give them this path to be a little selfish, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriately so, though, right? Yeah, and and also um, we've been very deliberate in saying this is optional, mm -hmm. right? Knowing that um, people could be extraordinarily busy right now, um, but we want to make sure that the tools are available to them. And, you know, in transparency as an HR team, we were like, ooh, optional sounds like it's not worthwhile at <laughs> the time, right? And so we wanted to make it clear to the organization that if you do take advantage of this, right, the research shows people that set goals for themselves tend to be highly successful. Right. Or when they look back, they get the satisfaction of, oh, how far I've come mm -hmm. um, over the year. And so we're, you know, we're trying to... Um, you know, thread the needle between, you yeah. know, it's optional and worthwhile for your time if you want to do this mm -hmm. um, and creating a, a space and a tool where they can access it. And we're giving them a rule of thumb that best practice shows having this career growth conversation two times a year um, is is um, really helpful for them as a manager. No, absolutely. And I agree. I know, again, back to the mixed CD from our own internal perspective. Now, we or a little bit get to cheat because we have a team of consultants that are PhDs in, indoor, in uh, industrial organizational psychology and professional coaches, right? So being developed by a team of experts, <laughs> I felt like that was like winning the lotto. But that was some of the stuff that they were talking about as well was this idea that it needed to be individually driven, right? Yeah. That to your point, worthwhile and communicated clearly, very accessible, having tools that um, are functional and, and can really help an individual be reflective and think it through, um, as well as on the manager side. But ultimately, that all the research shows, right, that it does need to be self-driven um, for it to be positive and for it to have the desired outcomes, right? That if it comes yeah. from the organization saying, like, and here's your path, right, that people either don't take it seriously or don't do the work or blame someone else if it doesn't go as planned, um, That's a good point. Right. Versus yeah. recognizing like, wow, I actually have a great opportunity um, and in a supportive culture that wants me to grow and develop, right? To be thoughtful about what that path may look like, what my journey could be. Um, and again, turn it into a really helpful, positive and growth oriented activity. Absolutely. So, I agree. A hundred percent. Love it. <laughs> said, yeah. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> what she said. That was it. Um, well, good. Well, Amanda, this has been so great. I think it's amazing what you guys are doing here as a team. We'll have to get a report out after a year or two in terms of all the great results that you have. I would love that. Um, with this and talk about. Um, but before I do let you go, a couple of questions that we do ask okay. all of our guests here on the mixtape. Um, so you come from search so you can appreciate it. Right. But what is the best interview question that you either ask or that you've been asked? 
Okay, I thought about this, and I have a good one for you. Okay, <laughs> like it. Um, can you think about the most surprising piece of feedback that you have ever received? And what I like about this is that it's a twist on, you know, tell me your strengths and tell me your weaknesses. Yes. Because, you know, maybe, you know, you're ideally you're trying to find um, if the person had a blind spot mm -hmm. and if they had a weakness and but they were reflective about it. Mm -hmm. So I find that one um, a really powerful question to ask. Well, in the word surprising. Right. right. Like that's a very correct necessarily. Right. But that's a very specific word choice that would make you be thoughtful about the answer. Yes. All right. That's a good one. I may have to steal that from you. Hmm. Yeah. Well done. Okay. And we are the mixtape. So we do have our Spotify playlist. All of our guests get to add a song of their choice. It can be your favorite song of right now, whatever it may be. What song should we put on the playlist? Oh, for you? I can't wait to access that playlist. Um, well, the one that I that came to mind is Try Everything by Shakira. And yes. this is very popular in my house. I have an eight-year-old, so I think it plays well with all ages. And I just love the message, right, of, you know, it's not about failure. It's about trying different things. And she has such a great beat, and it's uplifting. So. It is. It's a when, favorite of my own. It was from Zootopia, right? Yeah. Yes. So, uh, so I have... My 16-year-old at the time the movie came out was kind of more in that early tween stage. And my 11-year-old was probably similar to, to your daughter's age. Um, and so they love it. It was on, like, every playlist. right? And I agree. It is such an uplifting, positive message. But it is, you know, warning to our, our listeners here. It will get stuck in your head. And if your kids hear it, it will probably end up on repeat for quite some time. For sure. Enjoy. Uh, You're welcome. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, again, thank you so much to Amanda Lopez, the Executive Director of Talent Management, HRBP, as well as the uh, Head of Talent Acquisition here at Entrada Therapeutics. It has been an absolute pleasure. I always love catching up with you. And uh, that will do it for today on The Mixtape. Thank you so much. Enjoy. A huge thank you to Amanda and Casey for joining us for our final episode of season three. And I think that this is coming at such a fitting time because so many people are getting ready for their end of year reviews. And I think if you're somebody who, you know, you're prepping for your conversation with your manager, you're doing some looking back on how you did this year, you're doing some looking forward on where you want to be. A lot of this content is going to be really helpful for you in prepping for your goals. And I think something that was really important and what they shared was like, to begin with, set goals for yourself because then you're going to have a really rewarding look back at when you've been able to achieve them. You've been, you're able to see how well you progress and what you've been able to do. So that itself is going to be so rewarding, but also those conversations could be a little stressful. <laughs> and I think um, they had some really helpful advice too on making that conversation be a little bit more comfortable. Um, I feel like I just have so many takeaways, but <laughs> I'm going to also say, I think that Amanda's song, Try Everything, is also like such a great mantra for your career development. If you're thinking about, you know, where you want to be, or maybe you aren't sure what that looks like for you, 
try everything. Try things that maybe you don't know that you're interested in. Try things that you think you will and maybe what you thought you were going to love, you're going to (laughs) hate. Maybe things you thought you'd hate, you'd love. Um, And ultimately, that's just going to help you be a more well-rounded professional in your career. Mm -hmm. Wow. I could not have said any of that better. (laughs) That is why you were the best co-host of all time. That was that was excellent, Val. And I think, you know, try try everything is, again, a mantra that has been relevant throughout our entire season. Mm-hmm. So many of our guests have shared similar experiences. Um, just last week with Jessica, you know, how when she started out, she did not like infectious disease and then she loved it. Yeah. So I think that's great. <laughs> and speaking of trying everything. I would encourage all of you guys to try out all of our podcast episodes. (laughs) While we are taking a break uh, after season three to gear up for season four, go back and check out our previous episodes from seasons one, two, and three. And let us know if there's any topics that you want to hear more about. You want to learn something. You want to hear from a different guest. We want to know what you want to know. We want to (laughs) know. Send us a message on LinkedIn. You can reach out to both Valerie or myself. Um, Reach out on Instagram. There's many ways to get in touch, but we would love to hear from you. Subscribe, rate us, leave a review. And share this episode with a friend that you think might enjoy this content too. And so with that, thank you so much for being in the mix. We'll We'll see see you next season. season.